0: Ray and Tay today
1: mm. yes, sports radio's on Talking sports with friends And you know we got it on From the NFL to the NBA MLB and college hoops do it all day College football, we know who's number one Understand on the phones, you know we get it done So call in 718-664-9098 And we'll give you more oh uh, sports, uh Yes, we do oh uh, sports,
0: uh for you, Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. <laughs> Hopefully you had a great sports weekend. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside.
1: And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it's good to be back after week one. Woo! Tuesday, can you believe it? Give us a call. Let's talk some sports. 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us, Facebook us, the email, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Also interactive, check out the website, interviews, everything, rayandtaytoday.com. Ray, we got NFL, some college football, the U.S. Open wraps up, and baseball, the, the, the pennant races are heating up. Oh, my goodness, we'll get into it. We had a double hitter today. I love it. Very old school. Let's start right off the bat. Monday night, a double dip. The 49ers are alive and well. Can I change your name to Carlos Hyde? Tell me your thoughts about the new unis and the victory from the
0: Niners. You know, I really wasn't feeling the new unis, but that's about the only thing I wasn't feeling because – Really, but the Niners are not black. That's not their thing. That's Oakland. That's the Raiders. Maybe when the Raiders move to San Diego, uh, or to San Antonio, then they can adopt the black. But I feel like in the Bay Area, the black is reserved for the Raiders.
1: But the other than that, black and red
0: is hot. Yeah, I don't know. It just—it's just not. It doesn't—it doesn't sit right. That's not the, thats not to me. That's not the Niners. But what is the Niners is running the football. And everybody was worried that Frank Gore was leaving, and they didn't know how much Carlos Hyde could play. And, folks, Carlos Hyde can play. If you saw him at Ohio State, you could see he could play. And he, it was just a matter of time. And this dude was going left, right, up the middle, showing some speed. They got themselves a nice back there. And you know what I think this is going to do? I think this is going to take the handcuffs a little bit off of Kaepernick and like they kept pointing out during the game he's got more touch he's a more refined quarterback I think Colin Kaepernick's ready to come back and be a top five quarterback in the NFL I know it a looks like statement. he worked out
1: well with Kurt Warner right he was in yep. that pocket I was I was don't pretty... love his
0: receivers. Don't love his receivers, yeah. right? I don't no, think he's no. got elite receivers, but he's got elite physical talent and I think Carlos Hyde might turn into an elite running back. So Niners are great. The problem for me was the Minnesota Vikings and North Turner, the boy genius offensive genius where was the genius in that offense that offense was terrible and you can't give
1: ap the ball only 10 times right that's the worst
0: not only that but it's not like you weren't down the whole game it's not like it was denver of last year or two years ago and they jumped on you 28 nothing i mean you were in the game the whole game until midway through the fourth quarter when they opened up a two-score lead so adrian peterson needs to get the ball more now i'm particularly upset because I had them <laughs> on a couple of fantasy teams and I lost by less than one point. <laughs> but in terms of real football, they didn't use them enough. And definitely in terms of fantasy football, I am, irate at North Turner right now, but no, uh, I to-
1: totally agree. But look, this, this is the positives you have to take out of it from Minnesota Wallace getting you six, for 63. That shows that he's involved in a live. And Kyle Rudolph, welcome back with five for fifty-three. He did have a couple of drops. I think overall we saw the best back statistically of the week was Carlos Hyde, and he's gonna have a month of the year. We hope Reggie Bush, you know, for fan you know, gets back, you know, to help them out, you know, the Niners and and to help Carlos Hyde, because that could be a little thunder lightning. Teddy B did not look great, but I think a lot of it was on not having the balance. And let's be honest, you know, you've got to get more from your offensive coordinator. To me, AP did catch three balls, but I'd like to see that be four balls with 18 carries to 22 carries, not 10 carries. That will never happen again. So that's that's that with the San Francisco game. And I do love the jerseys. I I can't just say the Raiders only can have the black. You could throw the black. Look, I want the Knicks to have the black and orange. A lot of teams could throw in the black. It's just just the best. It looks the best. How about the Dan Quinn Atlanta Falcons? Ray, wow. Tell me what you thought about that defense. And obviously – we got to talk about Chip Kelly and what they did, and we all love Julio Jones.
0: Yeah, Julio Jones is, is really a monster, and he and Matt Ryan may be one of the best. I mean, they may go down as one of the best combos, you know, uh, of all time in terms of just statistical productivity if they both stay in Atlanta because that's just a perfect, you know, a matchup. Uh, Roddy White played. I thought that was good and important to yeah. take some of the load off. It um, good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how they were going to replace Douglas. I didn't know how the running back by committee was going to work. Uh, but it was good enough to win. Um, so if you're Atlanta, you're thinking to yourself, all right, you know what? Th- this might be the new era. Um, if you're Philadelphia, so so the Atlanta defense, okay. I mean, holding that Philly, defense, Philly offense down is certainly, uh, you know, <laughs> Is but at least they had next, speed, right? The Atlanta defense yes. was sort of all over the field, and that's
1: that's what they want to be—fast and physical. So just right off the bat, Dan Quinn is winning. Do you know what I mean? To me, they've never played like that—never no, under fast the fast
0: and goal. furious. Yeah. So what do you were. think about the Sam Bradford era, and another guy who was underutilized until midway through the game to Marco Murray?
1: Well. Listen, let's be honest. Sam gets you 336 yards, a touchdown. You don't like the two INTs, but um, I think a couple things. 52 attempts is too much. That's number one. Because Chip Kelly does want to run the ball more. You can't have DeMarco Murray only carrying the ball eight times. That's insane. Matthews, you know, three, and then, what, another five carries for Sproles. So that makes no sense to me. I I feel as if they're kind of still a week away, and I think they might show up and show out against your Cowboys next week. But applaud Jordan Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. He dropped that ball, didn't catch that last one, but 10 for 102. Jordan Matthews is saying, I am elite, and I'm a number one receiver with that statement. So good for him.
0: Nelson. Aguilar, the guy who I uh, had pegged as being a yeah, uh, superstar to be, didn't Nothing. show up. Where was he? The bagel, one I don't know. He was back He was back in Southern California. Five. He thought the one, game what, was tomorrow. One five, right? I think
1: he, he didn't leave the workout room. Maybe he's lifting weights. I don't know what's happening with that. Uh, disappointing, but you know how rookies are sometimes. And, you know They either start off real fast, like – the gentleman, we really need to talk about Mr. Marcus Mariota, but we'll get to him in a minute. But it, it just wasn't—it uh, wasn't a good start. But hey, you know what? The Falcons survive and win. And in the NFL, each week, I like what Russell, Russell Wilson's—you know—mantra: "We're trying to go one and zero each week." Now they didn't do that, but we'll get to them too. So Atlanta, congrats. Sunday night, this was a debacle. How about the Cowboys? No, I don't want to hear it. They did not deserve to win. (laughs) The football gods didn't really want to see that, and they surely did not deserve it. That was so disappointing and ridiculous. They get a break, 27-26. Coughlin and Eli both were wrong, both made mistakes, Even if you're going to pass it, he's got to know to sit down. But why not just run the ball two times and either kick the field goal or run it and then have him have to go 99 yards or 69 yards to even get in field goal range? You know what I mean? To me, it's just and you could have ran it down to 45, 50 seconds, even if you ran it on fourth down and didn't get in.
0: So Counters. Well, if ran it on fourth down, no, no, no. But if you ran it on fourth down, it would be change of possession, so the, the clock would stop immediately. So my thing is, first of all, Dallas played the better game. It's just that Dallas made all the mistakes. So if you think about who played better, Dallas played better. Now, no, did no, deserves to lose, of right course, right because the in the fourth quarter, were lucky
1: how they scored,
0: yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, as a This is what I don't get in the NFL. You know, you put so much time and effort into training and into situational management. This is basic stuff. I mean, I guess Eli thought that it was a little confusing with the timeouts, though, because Dallas called two timeouts. None of you know, and they gave it one
1: back to him because they gave him
0: back because of the penalty. So, okay, I get that. That's a little confusing, but that you're a veteran. You're what? What is Eli in his? what 11th year 12th year something like that that's just ba- and, and the play calling to me was all wrong to me you go for it on fourth even you go for the kill you have a chance to to to, to end the game right there right right there I guess they thought Des Bryant was out so so they, Terrence Williams isn't as explosive but you know that as much as Tony Romo will make mistakes well the drive Tony, before he picked him apart and went down the field that, right Tony that Romo there will to do Tony. that yeah. And so, to me, the play calling was all wrong. On third down, I would have run it. And regardless, I would have gone for it on fourth down. What's the worst that happens? You're up three, and they have to go 98 yards. And at that point, on fourth down, it doesn't well, matter. Well, if you take a
1: field goal to tie it for overtime, they have to go 60-something yards.
0: 60, right. And at that point, Dan Bailey's pretty accurate and got a good leg. So, yeah, you're right. You got to go 60 yards. But at that point, if you have a chance to go for the win – you go for the win from the one-yard line. And at that yeah. point, it doesn't matter if you run or pass on fourth down. You just put it in Eli's hand, and you say make a good decision. But that third down, you can't tell me that taking 40 seconds off the clock is not worth it. No, so, you, bad you're play calling, so right. bad execution.
1: Listen, it, it's just you guys got one, and you're at home, and so kudos to you. Now, we got to talk about the reality, right? So – Two reality checks. Well, one good thing, you see Shane Vereen starting to, you know, get involved in this offense. He'll do great for Manning like he did for Brady, catching four balls. Odell, this is the reality. He needs Victor Cruz. Five for 44, he's not a number one receiver if he doesn't have help from Cruz and Randall. And Preston Parker was the only one helping. I don't even know what – See, I
0: I disagree with that. I think Odell Beckham is the number one regardless. But I do think that – Preston Parker, uh, Randall, <coughs> Ruben Randall, Victor Cruz, all of these guys need to step up. I mean, uh, Victor Cruz obviously isn't healthy, but those yeah. guys need to step up because, to me, the – But every week he's going to face
1: double teams, Ray, and they're going to push him on the line. I don't know if he's necessarily ready for it. He's got to adapt his game too. He yes, did not have a yes. big game. Now, for sure. on your side, Dez out six to eight weeks with the foot surgery Right, he got the Jones, ironically enough, the Jones injury. Um, okay, so you bring in Hakeem Nix or Nick Toon. Maybe they'll sign one of those guys. They're working out today. Yeah, you're not excited about that. You know, Hakeem just got cut from Tennessee, so evidently his speed is gone. Can Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams hold down the fort enough with Dunbar and Witten out of the backfield for you guys to, let's say, in eight weeks, go at least six and
0: two? Well, this is a big blow. And Terrence Williams is going to have to step up and be a number one receiver. He's a very capable number two receiver. Not so sure he'll be a number one receiver. The good thing is that Romo is a veteran and Witten's a veteran. The bad thing is you don't have DeMarco Murray anymore. So last year I would have been more comfortable saying that Dallas could go six and two, but I'm not sure Dallas has enough playmakers. Uh, Dallas, yeah, uh, that's more likely. And also your I, running I, I, game.
1: You did not listen. You don't want to get back into Romo throwing whatever he threw. What fifty some odd attempts or something crazy? You know, of 46. 36 or forty six. Gosh, he had a great game. The one
0: thing I will say. The the one yeah. thing I will say about Romo <laughs> is there are he's not uh, sitting back and getting hit. They're doing quick. Oh, it's clean. Strike. Yeah offense, kind of that old-school Bill Walsh West Coast offense. So it's not a dangerous 46 passes, right? He's not a seven-step drop, sitting in the pocket, getting crunched. But still, you don't want Romo just exposing himself potentially to injury like that with, with the problems that he's had with his back and with his you know, legs and everything. So I, I'm concerned. As a Cowboy fan, I'm concerned. But right because, now, don't uh, you feel you have
1: to run it more than 22 times, Ray? McFadden six and Rando sixteen. That's nowhere near enough.
0: Well, I don't know that you have the quality of a back to run it thirty thirty five times, but you can get creative. More twenty two. Yeah, twenty five maybe. I'm saying so, especially.
1: Know. Wait, wait. I'm saying especially without Dez now, you have to run it more. But I love Dunbar yes. out of the backfield catching passes and and oh, now that's key to that
0: drive, to both of those drives, both yes. fourth quarter no. drives.
1: He had a great game. And also, watch out. That another guy to look out for, Escobar. Gavin Escobar is going to have to step up, too. Yep, so let's sure go to will. the Sunday afternoon games. No need to talk about the massacre in Oakland with what the Bengals did. And Tyler Eifer, pick him up in Fantasy Ray. He's, he's looking good. We do have to talk about the other massacre, though. How about, okay, 42-14, you feel bad for Winston. But you know what? Brett Favre threw his first pass. It was an interception as well. But did you hear the stats on Mariota? Not only a, a perfect passing, 13 for 16, perfect passer rating, the only other two quarterbacks to start off like that as rookies are G3 a couple of years ago and Drew Bledsoe. And he's the first rookie to ever throw four touchdowns since Fran Tarkenton. So – Applaud Marcus Mariota. What did you think about him, Sankey, and, and of course, Dick LeBeau's defense, Ray?
0: So, first, let's start with the offense. I thought that he looked mature. And everybody talks about that West Coast offense, but somebody made a good point. I think it was on ESPN. They said, you know, you need to be decisive on that West Coast offense. Everything looks easy. When it works, it looks easy, right, because the defense doesn't have time to settle. It's quick passes, a lot of slants, a lot of three-yard, five-yard, seven-yard. But as a quarterback, you need to know immediately where you're going, and you need to have one check, two check, and that's it. Boom, boom, boom. And Marcus Mariota looked really, really good and mature. Um, Not a guy that we were all worried about, who came, comes out of a Mark Helfridge system that is, you know, basically a spread offense with a lot of, you know, player movement and a lot of, you know, interchangeable parts. You know, kudos, kudos to him. Bishop Sankey, again, waiting for him to either be a dud or a stud. Um, he's well on his way to being you know a young a young stud because uh going into the season, they didn't even know that he would be the starting guy, so excited about that, if you're a Tennessee fan, the defense stepped up um I mean, they were playing Tampa, right, and without Mike Evans. so you you know you still don't have right. enough data on, on right. whether that's gotta, legit. We have the temper of the
1: excitement of Mariota.
0: Yeah. but but you know what, efficient thirteen for sixteen but Let's see him go out there and throw the ball twenty five, thirty times, and see what he does. It'll no, have his ups and downs like every rookie does. But what a way to start! What a way to start! And then, and then his counterpart, Jameis Winston. What first pick was a pick? First pass was a pick six. Yep,
1: Brett Favre did it too.
0: Yeah, happens. It happens.
1: I'm not, to be honest. I'll say this: I'm not that concerned about Winston, and I think I think he'll be fine. He does, you know. He's got to just watch the footwork. I, I was watching a good piece of that game, and when he gets off balance with his feet, those passes fail. And I also think he could have had one or two more ints because he takes some chances because he loves his he loves himself some him and his arm. And you respect that confidence, but you got to be careful. You know what I mean? These guys are faster than NFL. Ask Johnny Manziel. He knows.
0: <laughs> My man, Man easy, Oh yeah. Man ZZ had a bad day. Uh um, Well, Manzell, listen,
1: listen. We will have to we'll have to get to to those early games. But I'll say this also Lovey Smith, he still needs another draft and another year of free agency. The roster's not that great. Yes, you love McCoy and Levante David. They gotta get him healthy and get him back. So there's pieces of this team you love, but you gotta hope those rookie offensive linemen pan out and they still gotta get the secondary right. You know, it's I hope so he still gets he'll, get he'll get another he'll get another year. The- he needs another offseason of acquiring the roster's not good enough yet. Wouldn't you say well, that's he- probably fair to say.
0: No, you're 100% right, and unless you have a catastrophic injury to, like, an Aaron Rodgers, it's very hard to, and you get him back the next year, it's very hard to be the worst team in football and be good the very next year, you know what I mean? So there's a reason why these guys got Jameis Winston, because they're the worst team in the NFL last year, so you don't just go from being the worst team to being, you know, uh, know, even, even a 500 team, it's a rebuilding process.
1: So let's talk about Phillip and, 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 and what they did to Detroit, Thirty-three twenty-eight. Listen, Listen, the Lions had the lead. The Chargers come back. Ray, this is my, my issue, and this is why I don't believe in Matthew Stafford, and I don't care what anybody says. I'll go to war with Phillip Rivers any day. I, I love the fact that they now have Amir Abdullah, but you can't only give the dude seven carries and only six carries to Drake Bell. Matthew Stafford, it seems like he's got a little well, Eli on
0: He only threw the ball 30 times. I, I look at the box 30. score and I'm confused. And I'm like, wait a minute, you scored 28 points, and yeah. yet you only yeah. had 13 material carries, uh, rushes, and only 30 pass attempts.
1: Two touchdowns, two INTs. So he's got a little bit of Fitzpatrick in him and, 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 you know, Eli, he, he throws a lot of interceptions, but it seems like they can't get the rock to the, to the rock to Calvin Johnson. I had two catches for Megatron for 39 yards. So he did Yeoman's work with what he got But Ray. I mean, we, listen, we love Eric Weddle and the, and the, the corners, you know, they got for and whatever, but, come on, you got to get Megatron more than two balls. And you love Amir Abdullah getting four out of the backfield. Eric Ebron shows up. I think this was the Chargers being really a a better – I don't think the Lions are a playoff team. Um, I don't think you picked them to be there either. But uh, I, I really wasn't impressed. And on the other side, Melvin Gordon, you know, okay. You know, he showed up a little bit, nothing to write home about. I like, you know, Mir Abdullah a lot as well. But I think you're seeing Stevie Johnson. I think you're seeing, you know. Keenan what,
0: Allen with 17 Keenan targets was, and 15 catches for 166. Well, he was
1: probably the fantasy player of the week in terms of receivers. What he did was really impressive. Tell me what you thought about Danny Woodhead, though, because that right there, Ray, if you have Woodhead and Gordon – you know, and Gordon will get more than 14 touches. But if you have Woodhead at 12, and then and and Gordon at, at 14 carries, and they're splitting it, they're going to have a nice little backfield that they'll be hard to defend because they're two different backs. I like where so they're you're going. You're
0: 100 right. It, so in real football. Because we'll talk about fantasy in a sec, but in real football, this combination of Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead, and even Brandon Oliver, who yeah, I Brandon
1: might,
0: Oliver, is a very interesting combo, right? These guys are a little small. Brandon Oliver is obviously the biggest, the thickest of all of them. Yeah. Woodhead's a Woodhead's a little guy, and Melvin Gordon's a you know more of a speed guy, but they each do something a little bit different. And with Philip Rivers having Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson, and then, uh, you know, if this kid Latavius Green turns out to be a player or, you know, obviously when Antonio Gates comes back, this is a this is a very interesting, dynamic Chargers team. And if Keenan Allen is the Keenan Allen of two years ago and not of last year. A little
1: year, bit of Malcolm Floyd and Stevie, you're yeah, right. Yeah,
0: throw some Malcolm Floyd in there, just, big receiver. This, this team is all right. I tell you what, offensively, this team can hang with anybody. And like you said, Philip Rivers got the – it's like that, I don't know exactly what it is, but I see it in Phillip Rivers, and I agree with you. I don't see it in Matthew Stafford. I don't no. know what's going on. Calvin Johnson, not only did he only catch the ball twice, he was only targeted four times. The guy's 6'5", runs a 4'3", and is two whatever he is, 222. Do you think At he's least...
1: too heavy? Is he slowing down? Is he too muscular or too You know thick, what?
0: Or... Even if he is... Then treat him like a tight end. Basically get him the ball. Target him 15 no, you're times. Right. Even if he only catches 6 or 7 or 8, get him the ball. Look at it's him. Shocking. Throw with him because even it's if shocking. he's covered, he's not oh, he's not covered. You know what I mean? He's open.
1: He's too good not to get 8 targets a week, if not more. He's just too good. So, well, let's get to this Rams game. We got to – you you got to say a little I'm sorry to the Arizona fans and our caller, Elijah. The nine uh, – the Arizona Cardinals took care of the Saints, 31-19. Of course, your boy Ellington cannot stay healthy. We hope he goes okay. Fantasy, you got to look to pick up Chris Johnson, David Johnson scores. But talk to me about probably the game of the week. Overtime, 34-31. And how about those Rams, build them a new stadium, keep them in St. Louis, y'all. You got a real football team now. Nick Foles, Jeff Fisher, and the boys. Tell me what you thought about the effort and the victory over the Seahawks.
0: There's a reason why certain coaches stay around the NFL. Uh, And Jeff Fisher is one of those coaches. He can be a snarky, you know, bitter type of guy, especially if you cross him and, and you don't get along with him. But he finds a way to motivate his teams and get the most out of his team. Now, I'm sure he'll be disappointed with giving up 31 points to Seattle, um, especially in that, that big fourth quarter, right? Seattle, they, they were up big going into the fourth, so they almost gave the game away. But, You know what? He's got that fearsome, foursome pass rusher, and he found himself Nick Foles. They gave up on Bradford, too injury-prone Nick Foles, big, strong kid from out in your way, out in Arizona country, and just hold down the fort with the running back by committee, right? They didn't even have – think about this. They didn't even have plug four – they didn't have the first round draft pick who we all think Todd Gurley if he's healthy is gonna be great and yet they found a way. I mean think about think about who they came I mean, yeah. through to let me read you the let me read you their stat leaders. Jared Cook with five catches, Ben Cunningham with four, Stedman Bailey with three, Lance Kendricks with two, Kenny Britt with two, and Tavon Austin who actually did great on special teams with two. Yes, so with with nobody in particular On that whole offensive squad, they scored 34 points. uh,
1: Yeah, Brian Quick still hurt, So they they got a lot coming
0: back. They do, they do. And and Davon Austin on special teams was huge for them. And, you know, they they find a way. And and they're just a tough team. You know, they're playing in what we both thought was one of the – and especially if San Francisco is back, might be that in the AFC East, might be the best two divisions in, in, in football And you know what? I'm going to war with Jeff Fisher.
1: Oh, yeah. Listen, you you cannot say anything bad right now about the NFC West. And, you know, they would be 4-0 probably if they didn't play each other, right? You know, if the Seahawks had, uh, you know, so that that right there has got to be encouraging. And, you know, you you, you just have to be excited because, to me, they're only going to get better especially when they get healthy. So let's look at some of these early games and we can move on to college football. The one thing, a couple of things that kind of stood out and we got to talk about what the Bills did, but kudos to the chiefs and kudos to the Jets. The Rays got big things on the jets and the chiefs riding in the playoffs. So I'm sure you were happy. Do you go with mallet or Hoyer? That's my, my quick question on that game in terms of next week for the Texans or do you just say, you know what, we don't have nobody go a savage or let's make a trade. I mean, what what do you do if you're Bill O'Brien coming off a of hard knocks?
0: What you're trying to do is hold down the fort until you get Arian Foster back. So offensively, anyway, right? Defensively, your your you know your defense is pretty set. But Brian Hoyer is your caretaker. I think, however, that you need a guy, especially without Arian Foster, that can make plays, and I think that's Ryan Mallett. I think he's got the bigger arm, he's got the presence, he's got the like rally around me. Brian Hoyer is your perfect guy if you had Andre Johnson back, you know, from from three four years ago, and you had Arian Foster, yeah. and you just wanted a guy to to just be the guy. You know, to be the guy to shepherd the offense. But I think this offense is not dynamic enough with Alfred Blue as your primary runner. DeAndre Hopkins had a nice game. He had two touchdowns. Yeah. Nate Washington had a big game, too.
1: The old veteran.
0: Um, the old veterans. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is still young, but Nate Washington, the old veteran. Cecil Shorts even did a little bit. But I just think you need a more dynamic play out of your out of your quarterback, and so to me, that's Ryan Mallett. I actually like, I think I like Ryan Mallett less on a different team, or, or put another way, Brian Hoyer to me could start for more teams. But I just think this team needs Ryan Mallett. They need that's somebody fair. that's explosive.
1: Well, listen, we're going to find out on Sunday. He's pulling one of those, uh, you know, he, he thinks he's the Ohio State coach, in the Urban. So we'll find out on Sunday who the quarterback is. I'm sure he's going to tell the team. I don't really like that. Uh, Let We already mentioned the Jets. Chris Ivory was a beast, right? If it's Pat, look, they knock out McCown, so it's probably a concussion. We'll see. He'll be back in a week or two. I don't think he'll play this week. Menzel will probably start. Let's talk about the spanking in upstate New York. And I told you about my cousin, and you didn't want to respect me or believe me. <laughs> But I told you that the Buffalo Bills had something for the Colts and Andrew Luck, everybody's Super Bowl pick, not so fast. 27-14 with not even a great game from Shady. What a dominating, because even their touchdown wasn't, you know, it was sort of towards the end, dominating performance from Tyrod Taylor and the Buffalo Bills. Rex, sexy Rexy has got a defense ray and the whole league. Better be put on alert. Tyrod Taylor did well in fantasy. He did well in the game. I think he's showing and proving that he learned behind Flacco in Baltimore for those six years, and now he's ready to to rock and roll. Look, when Luck's got to throw it forty nine times, you gotta watch out. He, he's turnover happy. He gets two touchdowns, two interceptions, but you gotta be careful. And I think. I don't know. I, you, you got you got to worry in Indy because they're playing another tough defense on well, Monday night. Well, I got
0: hurt. What's his status?
1: Well, he's day-to-day. I think it's, you know, thigh or leg. He's day-to-day. But this is what you got to like out of the Bills. When you get Percy Harvin going and his speed and him being so dynamic and you get him going as a receiver, then you could throw him in as a running back or whatever. But five catches... For 79. It's like, welcome back to the wide receivers of America, Percy Harvin. And McCoy coming out of the backfield. And Charles Clay showed up. Robert Woods. I think this is not only the makings of a playoff team, but if they really get McCoy to 100% and everybody is, you know, Sammy Watkins gets going because that wasn't happening, you better watch out for the Buffalo Bills and Rex Ryan. Very, very good win. Probably the most impressive of week one, I would say.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Indianapolis had all the off season to prepare for this game and they just came out flat. Now Woo. how much of that was Buffalo's defense? A lot. Um and T. Y. Hilton going down didn't help and the fact that they couldn't they were down big so they couldn't really run the ball so well.
1: Offensive line is a mess, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he needs that offensive line uh, because, you know, he's going to sit back there. He's not doing, you know, the Sam Bradford or the, you know, dropping back, doing quick, quick or Marcus Mariota, right? He's going back there, traditional, dr- go, drop back, you know, run these routes. So your boy Andrew Lugg needs some time. Uh, I'm not that worried yet. I also think the AFC South uh, is oh, a big neighborhood. Oh, they
1: get a break. In yeah.
0: Yeah, so they'll be all right. Core. But I I'm very impressed, core, and I'm, I'm starting to he, pen my. I'm sorry to Tyrod Taylor, but I'm not there yeah, oh, yet.
1: You you better you better listen. At least write pen is in
0: hand. Pen is in hand. I haven't put it to paper yet. Though. Okay,
1: okay. But the first thing should be hello, TT. <laughs> <laughs> That's your boy so, TT. Wait, real quick. Real quick, before we get to some of these injuries and and our fantasy uh, advice for the week to pick up and predicting Thursday night games, 8 for 31, what do you think about Frank Gore? I mean, obviously not enough carries, but 3.9 per carry. What do you think about Frank?
0: I hope his days as a premier running back are not ground to a halt. I mean, he doesn't need to be premier. He just needs to be – I'm worried he's over the hill.
1: Okay, three point nine a carry though. I mean with, with what he got, he didn't do bad.
0: Yeah, and Buffalo's a tough team, so it's it's hard to yeah. tell against this team. Not enough data points. Okay. So
1: let's talk about these injuries. T. Y. Hilton's day to day. We already talked about Des Bryant. Andre Ellington one to three weeks. Deshaun Jackson it's you know the hamstring. He's gonna miss what, four to six weeks. You know, I tell you that there, there's some concern with with some of these guys. You don't know when Gurley's going to come back. Brian Quick, you know those are those are sort of the major ones. JPP had another surgery. Um, so you know, th- there's not not much. I think overall, if you look at fantasy, give me your two biggest ads. I don't know if you're hyped up about what James Jones did. But give me two ads that you feel users or fantasy players have got to look for for week two and or the, re- or the rest of the season.
0: So I think Terrence Williams in Dallas steps up, gets a lot more looks. But he should and, already
1: be on teams. Give me somebody that – Oh, straight up free agents? There.
0: Yeah, free yeah. agents. Well, uh, Cobb. Did you pick up Cole Beasley? Know, be easy? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's the he's the poor man's Julian Edelman. I think he can. I think he can do some things. Chris Johnson. If he's not on your roster, you should pick him up. Obviously, because Andre Ellington always gets injured. Um, you got to figure my real real sleeper potentially in Indy. Maybe this kid Moncrief. You know, he, oh, yeah. he showed. He showed some things last week, and if T.Y. Hilton's down, then everybody moves up a little bit, so Andre Johnson moves up, and, and maybe they'll go to the tight ends more, but but maybe there's Kid Moncrief.
1: No, and remember, he had some spurts last season. Last season, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let me give you a couple of guys, too. Now, I don't get too excited about Safarian Jenkins, but he is a big guy, and Mike Evans still might miss week two, so... Winston, we all say. Rookie quarterbacks
0: like their tight ends,
1: too. That's the blanket. So if you need a flex or a number two tight end, I think this kid will be able to do some things for you so you can get Austin and Jenkins. You already mentioned Beasley and, and Chris Johnson. I definitely like Chris Johnson. I do like this week, though, don't sleep on D'Angelo Williams for the Steelers being able to have a, you know one more big game before Bell gets back, even against that Niners defense. They always stop AP, but let's see them go against the Steelers. And remember, the Vikings had two of their offensive linemen out last night as well. Um, and then Mariota. Because one thing I will say about Mariota, yes, he might not always go 13 for 16, and he'll have rookie games, but he will get you rushing yards. And I think him and Tyrod Taylor are two guys that if they're not your backup quarterbacks, there's some weeks that you'll be able to play guys like that. So I like Tyrod Taylor and Mariota to the quarterbacks. Don't, don't get too excited. Oh, Tyler Eifert at tight end. You got to pick him up. He, him and Dalton look like, you know, he's running the show. Gresham's gone and him and Dalton look great, but don't, don't go crazy about Andy Dalton. He's got to do it a little bit more. And he is a regular season quarterback. So I guess you can, you can play him. So that's, that's the fantasy tips from Ray and Tay. Make sure you pay attention. We've got to slide on to Saturday. Oh, no, we've got to pick Thursday night football before we get to college football. Ray, Peyton Manning, we didn't talk about that game. Suggs is out for the season, so we've got to mention that. And CJ Anderson might not play Thursday, the ankle. They're saying he probably will, but I don't know if I'd trust him. So you could look for Ronnie Hillman. Give me your thoughts. And give me the score. Broncos at Chiefs, and your Chiefs look great week one.
0: I'm a little worried about the Broncos, I'll be honest with you. Uh, That offensive juggernaut is not what it used to be, and I think it starts with Peyton Manning. Uh, Losing C.J. Anderson potentially could be big. Ronnie Hillman's been very erratic. I mean, there have been some games where he's been great. (sighs) Having said all of that, I still think that they're just a bit better especially if this defense can play. And I keep to leave made that huge play in the game to really salvage the game for them. So I think between where and, and those guys on the offensive line, i mean defensive line, sorry, keep to leave in the, in the secondary, they are good enough to hold down uh, Jamal Charles and Jeremy Macklin. So I think you're going to have to get secondary players. And I'm not sure Travis Kelsey is going to catch you two touchdowns again um, on this Denver team. So, I like Denver, close game, 27-24.
1: Hmm, okay. Well, listen, I, I got to say, I, like you, I was impressed. And Kelsey and Macklin, wow, that's that's a new law firm. They, they looked really, really strong. Definitely impressed with Alex Smith, and I don't love him. Charles and Davis. But I'll say this, the Broncos' defense, They were the number one defense of the week, and I can't say that they can't keep that going. The problem is you're playing in Kansas City. It's a short week, Thursday night, and I think Peyton Manning, Ray, it might take them two or three weeks for him and Kubiak to get on the same page with that offense. I thought Latimer would play a factor. He didn't even do anything. Sanders and, and Bebe, I don't know. And that Chiefs defense, they're everywhere. Secondary is not great. I love Eric Berry. The corners, will see. But when you talk about Houston and Tom Bali and all the boys and Johnson's back at linebacker, that that Chiefs defense, they're legit. And I think CJ, whether he plays or not, I don't think he's going to be that effective. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home, who have never beaten Peyton Manning as since he's been with the Broncos. This time around, they change it. The Chiefs win 24-21, and Macklin breaks the streak, and they get a touchdown by a wide receiver. (laughs) I'm telling you, baby. So I'm going Chiefs. So let's get into college real quick. We'll run through the top ten, and then we can talk about what you thought and obviously Zaire going down and stuff like that. So it's Ohio State, Bama, TCU, and Michigan State, the top four No surprise, especially when Michigan State beats Oregon. Get your thoughts on that in a minute, Ray. Baylor 5, USC. I'm telling you about – I put throughout a tweet about Cody Kessler, Cupcake Games, but he's looking good, and we'll see him against Stanford this weekend against our our, our boy, David Shaw, and his defense. USC 6, Georgia 7, Notre Dame. All these injuries, I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up because they played Georgia Tech this week. Another one we'll preview on Friday, number 8. Nine, you got Florida State, 10, UCLA. I'll just go with the next two because Clemson plays Thursday night against 0-2 Louisville. And then number 12, they dropped to 12, Ray, Oregon, LSU 13. Give me your thoughts on the game, Michigan State, Oregon, and Oregon dropping down that far. The rankings don't mean much now, but just how impressed were you with Connor Cook and Michigan State in that
0: defense? Like we said, this was going to be a grudge match. They all remembered how they were up going into the fourth quarter in Eugene last year. Michigan State came out, played their game, played D, and you never really thought that Oregon was going to win the game. I mean, you kind of said, all right, Michigan State's got this start to finish. And that's usually not the case with Oregon. I mean, this team has been maybe the best. Them and Alabama have been the best two programs for the past five years and Alabama dating back much longer than that. In fairness to them, they have to drop Oregon, but they're still a very good team. I mean, at 12 with one loss, they still can make their way back up. They have to go through a tough Pac-12, but but they're fine. You look at these top teams, and again, SEC, 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 <laughs> right? You know, you got 15 at Ole Miss, 13 LSU. You've
1: but there's a lot of Pac-12 Georgia.
0: in there.
1: Don't sleep Georgia right. at right seven, Arizona, yeah, Arizona.
0: Alabama. Arizona, later Utah. down yeah later, later down. down yeah later down in that top 25 i like northwestern breaking into the top 25 i was going to ask
1: you about that and they play duke this week so maybe they go 3 and 0 i mean if it's yeah. a good duke
0: BYU not BYU at 19 that oklahoma team you know pulling uh, out rabbit you know out well, of how that how about that comeback Tennessee? Ray? all yeah. of the stats
1: said that there was really hardly any chance for them to come back and win i thought it was over and then, oh my goodness, Oklahoma comes steaming back. It's actually a—I hate to say—that was a bad loss for Tennessee. You got to win that game, Ray.
0: I think so too, because they were on the verge of kind of being a legit top twenty-five team. I think they were what twenty-third going in. Yeah, and you got to win that. They're at home and it's a national game against a you know a Big 12 school. You got to you got to seal the deal there. You got you got 100,000 fans in Knoxville. You got to win that game. I agree with you.
1: And we'll talk about it on Friday. Some big matchups, right? The Georgia Tech Notre Dame, Ole Miss Alabama, USC Stanford, LSU, Auburn. Let me say this. Auburn is so lucky to be 18. It's ridiculous. Jacksonville State I don't know how the coach doesn't go for it with 40 seconds left to try to get in field goal range. He just sits on, a, on you know, takes a knee and plays for overtime. How do you do that when you're at Auburn and you're not even a Division I school and you got these kids on the ropes? You got to go for it. And then in overtime, they just didn't play. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. Very disappointed. And those kids played so well, they should have beaten Auburn. And then BYU beating Boise State, that was big. This week, BYU against UCLA is going to be a great game, but too bad it's in UCLA. So,
0: college football, man, it's exciting, Ray. It it is, and we got a lot to talk about on Friday. And what's oh, cool is that definitely. there are a lot of good games with potential national championship implications this early in the season. So that, that's a, always exciting. Week three, right?
1: It happens quick. So tell me about the the U.S. Open. We we obviously know with the men, the Joker and Federer, a classic match. You know, you thought Federer might push it a little bit further. You know, he played valiantly, but I think Novak. Everybody was talking about Serena, but Novak. Remember, he was in four finals, and 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 almost had the the, the um, calendar slam. Great season for Novak. Djokovic, you know, he's he's got ten now, Ray. So he's, he's climbing the charts and he might, he might, you know, it's like, you know, Tiger with Jack. I think Novak could get to seven past Sampras at 14 and get to Federer at 17. If he keeps well, having unless, unless like there's a
0: young kid that comes on the scene that we don't know about 19, 20 year old kid right now, Novak Djokovic is 28. Roger Federer is 34. So yeah. Roger Federer has six years, which is 24 majors on him and Roger has 7 more majors. So in the next 28 sorry, 24, can Novak win 7 of 24? That's winning a third of them? That's, you know, it's doable, it's tough, but he's it's doable. Very doable. I think he can, especially given that he's got Andy Murray's number and Rafael Nadal has really become, you know, a shell of himself and probably only looks really good on clay in terms of his chances. but is it, but is it also help-
1: don't you think it's also helpful?
0: It no, no, of course. It's his knees. Yeah. And, and once your knees go in tennis, then, then you start compensating, your back goes, and, and, and your body tends to do that to you. On the women's side, the two Italians, you know, they both moved up in the rankings pretty pretty high. You know, Panetta went from four, 18 to eight and Vinci went from 43rd to 19th. I really wanted Vinci to win. I figured if you're going to beat Serena, you might as well do the the whole thing. that's what I was
1: saying, but she couldn't pull it out. She
0: couldn't do it. That's too bad, right? She didn't seal the deal. But you know what? Still, to beat Serena like that, that's a great accomplishment. Well, Um, it's one of the
1: greatest upsets in sports history, let's be honest. I mean, everyone basically coordinated uh, Serena. This was like a Buster Douglas moment. The way Serena's been playing now I will say this Serena, she has played poorly, you could debate this season, but she's overcame her own mistakes and some issues with her serve to win three of the four. But the way she was going, you thought she would just steamroll in terms of the quality of opponent she was playing, but uh Vinci, Roberta Vinci, man, give her credit for knocking down Goliath, right?
0: Yeah, she's definitely gotta get her due. And when you look back on the 2015 U.S. Open, that'll be the story. Which is too bad. It's almost like Josh Hamilton when he had that unbelievable home run derby, but Justin Morneau won the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy you remember, but Justin Morneau has the hardware. Uh, that last one in 2000. And, what was that? 2008 at Yankee Stadium when they closed the old so Yankee true. Stadium.
1: It's very true. Well, listen, perfect segue. Let's finish the show strong. We've been neglecting the old national pastime. Ray's declared the NFL as that now. <clears throat> Baseball. And right off the bat, we got to go to the American League because guess who's in the mother-effing house, Ray? The Texas Rangers, ladies and gentlemen. I half to get, they took out Ray's Angels, and now they're gunning for the Astros. Prince Fielder and the boys, wow, Ray, I cannot believe it. But I wasn't surprised. I've been tooting Texas for a long time since the All-Star break, and I think momentum is on their side, and I think they're going to win. The AL West and Houston won't be able to overcome the Yankees, and they're going to go home. Unless well actually no they'll they'll have to the well, second Well, no
0: they'd come to the Yankees for that for that one they'd, game yeah, playoff, right? They have
1: second wild card. So Houston would have to come to the Yankees.
0: Right.
1: I think yeah uh, you because know what? Minnesota am... Minnesota's not quite they have 75. They'd have to do a lot to catch. They'd have well, to no, do a lot. Minnesota
0: to catch. no, Minnesota Houston and the Texas Rangers are all within a game and a half of each other. So Okay, so Minnesota it, still got a shot, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Minnesota absolutely there. has a shot. And yeah. look, Texas Rangers are 4 games ahead of the Angels with what 19 to play. So probably safe. So it probably comes down to oh. the Yankees, the Twins, the Rangers, and the Angels for that wild card. Because I'm giving Toronto the East. Oh, this, yeah. Uh,
1: Toronto, the Royals, those are locks. So we have the AL West in play and the two wild cards in play. That's great for the last, what do we have, two and a half weeks of the season?
0: Yeah, 19 games. So all you baseball fans out there, your baseball Ooh. fantasy should be over. Now you oh no, we're in the playoffs!
1: It. I'm in the playoffs, man.
0: Yeah, depending on how you configured the league,
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. Playoffs would end first, of Sunday. Twenty-three is the week of the playoffs, and I'm I'm in it. I think I was the fourth seed, something like that. So it should be fun either way. Now let's look at the the NL. Ray, the Washington Nationals are gone nine and a half back. Congrats to the Mets. Their magic number is at ten. I love when we start getting the magic numbers. That's always fun. We know the Cardinals, they 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 pretty much have it, but the Pirates have really come close. They're two back. So, you, know the,
0: you know, St. Louis only three and seven in their last ten. The Pirates no, are and they, puffing. And they're give struggling. the Mets credit. The Mets have the biggest division lead of anybody in baseball, nine and a amazing. half games over the Washington Nationals.
1: And they, I think they'll be able to rest Harvey a little bit, which is the right thing to do. I don't care about this controversy. Keep his innings down so he can pitch in the playoffs because the division's clinched. You took care of but the natural. But you hear about the, like,
0: the cockamamie way they're going to do it, he's going to pitch basically half a game, and the other reliever is going to hopefully pitch the other uh, half a game or they might piece it together. I don't really love that approach.
1: I don't know if I love it, but, look, you got to give him some work. You don't want to sit him. So give him four innings and um, and then tell him to chill. Don't overwork him and have him go six or seven. I would even do three innings if we want to be honest. He still needs to pitch so he doesn't get rusty. But um, they'll coast. Now, look, the Pirates and Cubs, the Pirates, they've got that over the Cubs. So the Pirates are close to seeing if they can catch St. Louis. They won the first part of the double hitter over the Cubs uh in the early game, I don't know what the score is now, second game. We have an update on that, but I give the Pirates a lot of credit. But with the Cubs at 82 wins, they're looking like the Cubs are going to 2 have,
0: nothing in the sixth. Okay. So, Bottom look, they,
1: they they're not going to get caught by the Giants. So, unless the Pirates catch St. Louis, it's going to be what you're seeing in this double hitter Pirates versus Cubs. And I, you know, look, the Dodgers, they've extended their lead. So kudos to them. They're seven and a half up. Their pitching has just been superior. Um, the Diamondbacks, you know, they were close to 500 for a bit, but they hit a wall. So, you know, basically the Giants, we won't see the defending champs in the playoffs this year, right? And you'll miss Bum Gardner, but you know what? <clears throat> when you see the Mets and Cubs in there, it's going to be exciting for baseball. And I think that's, that's what you got to be happy about. I want your thoughts because I'm gonna lay down mine on. And I know you threw out the tweet. We we can say congrats to Big Poppy and 500 homers for David Ortiz. Now he was in one of the early scandals when he was in Minnesota. Potentially, you know, there wasn't there was smoke and maybe a spark or flyer. There wasn't conf- fire. wasn't confirmed that he used steroids, but there was rumors of him using steroids. How do you feel about how we look at Ortiz? Is he a cheater? Is he a Hall of Famer? How do you view him? Most of it's been DH, so you could even debate, is he a Hall of Famer because he doesn't always play defense?
0: So he's a perfect example of so many different things happening in baseball. The DH, non-DH issue, right, I think he gets in because of, (laughs) His performance. I mean, Edgar Martinez, you know, started out as a third baseman and ended as a DH, but David Ortiz's impact on the game, his three rings, his just bringing baseball winning back to Boston, second to none, and clutch hitting. He he and Manny Ramirez made for the devastating 3 4 combo, and, and, you know, as Yankee fans, we had to go through them all the time. Now, in terms of steroids, You know, we talked about this with Al Troutwig, so go back to our Al Troutwig episode, everybody. It was a great uh-huh. discussion about all all over the sports map and specifically about steroids. You know, I I have gotten to the point where it's not forgive and forget, but I think you almost have to look the other way and say this whole era is tainted because – Remember, I keep coming back to this number when Arod was busted. a hundred and three other people were guilty or were caught, and their yep. names didn 't get released and We've the have never learned their released the name is, you know, should should go to jail or something like that. And that was blatantly illegal. Now, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm supporting A-Rod and, and what he did, but the point is that this is prevalent and was prevalent in the sport of baseball. So for me to sit here and say, well, you know, I think Ortiz, he's a big dude, he may have, you know, he's a home run hitter. Did he use it? Did he not use it? I mean, I, I don't know. You know what? And so I, I don't even want that burden on me anymore. I just want to on the field, and I think that we just say the whole era is tainted. We So say, we look, need
1: to have a wing in the hall where Clemens, what? Bonds, A-Rod, Big Poppy, where these guys are in and say they played in this era.
0: Yes, now absolutely. To me, I everybody won't from 90, everybody who played uh, the, in the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s right, has a, How do you know? I mean, look, everybody says, oh, yeah, Bagwell,
1: Biggio are clean. Eh, you don't know that. You say no, that, but you don't know that. No. Okay. Just like and, there was the live
0: ball era and the dead ball era, this is the juice era. Uh, that's yes. it. It's as simple as that. <clears throat> 80s, 90s, but, and but I will say was this. the
1: steroid era. I will say this, Ray. It doesn't mean that I want Palmero, Sosa, and McGuire in because I think for them, they wouldn't even be a thought if they didn't use the steroids. Does that make sense? Is that fair? It
0: does, but it, I don't know where – so where do you draw the line? I mean, where do you draw the line? The guys that you believe used steroids after they were Hall of Famers, so Barry Bonds, we're presuming, used it about halfway through his career, and Clements as well. I don't know. I think you can't. I think you let them all in. I, I, you know, I hate the to say it, but – Sosa,
1: and McGuire. See, I'm not, I'm not ready to let those three guys in.
0: If their stats, because, look, baseball is all about stats. If their stats and if their impact on the game was enough for them to be Hall of Fame, and I'm specifically talking about Mark McGuire here, because all he, basically all he did was hit home runs. But if their stats were legit enough to get them into the Hall of Fame and you thought that their on-field performance was Hall of Fame worthy, I think you let them all in. I, I've just come to that conclusion This is just the only way okay. you move on And you, and you take the whole era And all of baseball takes one on the chin for this
1: It's always a great topic We'll talk about it Listen, Friday we're coming back strong Ray's got the Broncos Hayes has got the Chiefs for Thursday We're going to bring to you Week 2 NFL picks Some fantasy stuff
0: we're going to come back so strong, you're going to think college we're football. on steroids.
1: yeah, and college football, and, of course, we'll talk a little bit of MLB, but a big, busy show on Friday with a lot of predictions, and uh, we're pretty good with our picks, so take a listen, you know, and, and we'll give you uh, some guys to put in. Maybe we'll do a, a daily, you know, like the daily fantasy sports lineup, so if you're doing your fan duel, maybe we'll give you a lineup that Ray and Tay would uh, pick. So you could, um, you know, maybe even emulate it or see how you would do with it. Great show, Ray. And, um, hey, like always, fun and great listening and, and talking sports with friends.
0: We are out. Have a great sports week. We'll catch you on Friday. Peace.